Welcome to Dad Crossing, a podcast about animals and parenting, but not parenting animals, because that's something else. Today, we'll be chatting about our thoughts on screen time and kids going back to school and the new additions in the August update. Dad Crossing is probably part of the Nintendo Dads family of podcasts, and today we are joined by... Nick International Space Station Metzger. Yeah, hi. I'm glad I'm here on my international space station all the way from the space station. Space. How is it up there? How is it? How is it? It's it's a lot of of not gravity, you know. Is it still there? Is is everything still up there? Yep, it's all here. I'm just uh, eating my ice cream, my dehydrated ice cream. That's good, 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 good. Yeah. Good to hear. That's good. And also with us today is Sean Ohio Class Trident Submarine SSBNS. Abbott. <laughs> where, Abbott. Where did, you, where did you get these nicknames from? <laughs> on, on the, on the, um, from Wikipedia, the, actually. Thanks for asking. The, the How topic is it? of um, parenting animals, you've never dealt with my child, so it could literally be like parenting an animal. He is oh, the yes. Tasmanian yes. devil. What kind of sea oh. creature would you say would <laughs> a kraken? A kraken. <laughs> That's great. And I'm Dan Gerald R. Four class uh, aircraft carrier Caparello. Because um, I carry the weight of this podcast, I guess. I don't know what I'm doing. So that's that. I totally threw these guys off guard with these uh, nicknames. <laughs> I didn't even put them in the notes. I was like, no, I got, I got something. Y'all don't worry about it. And then here they are. We should have been worried. We should have been Thanks worried for, about it. Well, you, you know, we I should, think it turned out. You guys did like oh, yeah. historical moments like Cuban Missile Crisis. I wouldn't have liked to have been known as Sean the Cuban Missile Crisis Abbott. Because <laughs> where do you go with that? <laughs> oh, I should have named you off of global pandemics like Nick the Bubonic Plague Metzger. <laughs> I definitely wanted Spanish flu. That, that was Sean Leprosy Abbott. That'll be great. I'll look forward to that next time. And I'm Dan Ebola Caparello. Thanks for listening, everyone. That one might be too real. That one might be too too soon. <laughs> Nobody's COVID yet. That one's too soon. That's definitely too soon. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so um, has anybody played Animal Crossing this week? For sure, I have. Yeah. Have not yet missed a day since launch. I know you can both say the same. So I'd love to hear. Wow, you do. Yeah, no, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, oops. No, I stopped playing. Um, around the time Paper Mario came out. <laughs> Sorry. Which is just totally just because, my key. <laughs> yeah. Only because it's like uh, with being at work and the kids and like the wife's little business gaining some traction. So she's more busy at home than normal. Um, a lot of ga- gaming time for me is kind of reduced to nothing. So I can only really focus on one game. For those of you who signed in 
with because of the Animal Crossing part of this, I got you covered. Okay, so don't. I know you probably are hit the sign out, log out, find another podcast button. But I promise, I got you covered. So stick with us. We're gonna be yeah. talking about parenting and Animal Crossing. I got you covered. So we got it in the right order. It's dad then crossing. We're gonna That's do right. dad stuff. We'll get to the crossing stuff. We're still going to talk about it. Um, Even though all I'm playing these days is Borderlands. And I've discovered the perfect combination for me, which is um, playing Borderlands with uh, Wave Shaper in the background. If you don't know who Wave Shaper is, just Google it and click any song and then be whisked away into a mystical land of digital retro goodness. Just enjoy that. Um, So that's, yeah. so, So it's been... It's been how is Paper Mario, Sean? I am on the fence about it. Um, I'm I love it. Um, uh, I like if I'm playing it. I've, I've not played it on the, the TV yet, so I've not played it docked. But playing it handheld, I'm literally from picking up the console to the getting the the consoles going to sleep. Warning, I am nonstop with it. I love it. Uh, the dialogue's brilliant. Um, the gameplay is excellent. The battle system, which a lot of people seem to hammer, there's a pun there with. And his hammer. I got it. Um, yeah, <laughs> it seems to like really go at the battle system, saying that there's no point to it. it. There's no like level up system. There's no XP system. But I think it's quite a fun little addition in the game because some of them are really difficult, and I spend a lot of coins adding for more time or getting the toads in to sort it because the the boost it gives you. Well, battling is is needed, especially as you get further into the game. You definitely need that, like that one, that little half percent of additional battle damage. Um, but yeah, I I think it's funny. I think if they could have done a not so family friendly version of it, where they allowed the characters to maybe drop a couple of bombs, um, it'd be hilarious. Because there's some just passing it where. It needs that adulted, adult language aspect to really tickle. But yeah, the relationship between like Mario and Luigi and the other characters that you find along the way, trying not to ruin it for anyone who hasn't got that far. But the relationship between them all is fantastic. <laughs> so yeah, I've, re- I've been really enjoying it. I'll likely pick it up. It, I mean, I love Paper Mario games, but the last two sort of turned me off a little bit. Um, the battle system sounds interesting. That's probably the most divisive part that I've that I've heard is that some people love it, some people hate it. So I just have to play it for my own dang self then, I guess. Nick, are you playing anything besides Animal Crossing? I too am playing Paper Mario. Um, and I yeah, I really like it. I mean, I... It, I played the first one. Was that Thousand Year Door? Was that the first one? I no. The no, first one was just called Paper Mario. It was okay. on the N64. Yeah. So I and it was amazing. One. I played that one and I liked it. Um, I don't, I don't remember like being over the moon about it. And I think that might be, I think I might've dabbled in the Thousand Year Door. I dabbled in another one of them, but didn't finish it. So I, um, yeah. Thousand Year Door these days is like a $140 disc if you want to pick it up for the gamecube which is currently the only way to play that game which is dumb yeah totally um but i uh i 
yeah, I, I am enjoying this. I like it. I probably don't love it. Um, like, I mean, it's, I'm not over the moon about it, but it's a good game. And I would definitely, I mean, I'm certainly going to get my money out of it. I really like finding the toads, which is weird because I thought that some people say that's irritating, but I don't find it irritating at all. I find it super funny because they put them in the silliest spaces. And so, and they give you mechanisms in the game to make it easier. So, or to like, so that you don't have to just like wander around in some places to look for them. So I think they've done really good with that. And I, I think that's really fun. Like you'll find them tucked in the stupidest places, but they like, it makes me laugh. Um, so I think that's fun. And the battle system, I think that is, I mean, I'm not a big, I'm not a big puzzle fan. Um, but I think that's, it's a great, uh, balance of puzzle and fighting to where that if like my son who isn't always that great at puzzles if it's just a random like goomba or something that he's fighting even if he doesn't get you know he's i mean he does pretty good but he's only six um if he doesn't get everybody situated just right he's he's still fine like he'll be able to beat the guy he'll just take a little bit more damage and maybe have to use a mushroom and so uh the fact that he can still go through it even though he might not get a puzzle right, I think is a great, they do a really good job of balancing that system. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, That's one thing I like about most of those Mario Paper Mario games is they're not, I mean, pretty much any Mario-based game, like Yoshi's uh, Yarn Land or whatever, is that they're fairly easy to get through. Even Super Mario Odyssey was fairly easy to like beat. And then they're like, oh, let's throw an extra challenge your way for all the adults in the room. And Nintendo seems to be really good at that, so I appreciate that about it. Um, yeah. Great. Well, as you guys know, if you've listened to the podcast, we've updated what we're doing. We're adding a dad twist, if you were, if you would, a dad twist to the podcast format. So we're going to go into our uh, dad corner. We're going to snuggle in with some dad... Jokes. <laughs> some some yes. dads? We're going to snuggle in with some dads? I don't know. Yeah, that's, yeah, so, yeah. Everyone's I, always got that weird uncle. It's late. We're going to snuggle in and talk about going back to school. That's what we're going to talk about. Yeah, let's do that. So, Sean. Send them back. Send them back. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, for my kids are too young for that. They're they're in daycare no matter what, so. Um, so, we're going, we're talking about back to school, right? Like, Thoughts on how COVID is affecting it, um, needing a break from them, or do they need a break? Um, where, where is your like local municipality at with school, and where are you at with school? Because in some cases, you're kind of given an option. Yeah, we were we were given uh, three options in our district. Uh, we were given the ability to just go back. Um, or we were given the ability to do in person or do uh, like a virtual learning scenario, which I don't entirely know what that looked like. And then we were given the option to do like a full homeschool where they would just give us packets of information or packets to, to, for our kids to fill out and like teaching instructions basically. So mm. we were given all three. Um, we have chosen to go back in person um, not going to say that I'm not a little nervous about that or maybe even, um, moderately to a lot nervous about that, but, uh, we just feel that we, they need no, I mean, 
they haven't had a lot of, we have a couple of friends that we've allowed to like come into our house and that we hang out with a lot that have kids. But for the most part, like they haven't seen their friends for quite a while, especially my son. And so we feel like they need that connection and we're just going to hope all goes well. I mean, there's nothing else we can really do. Um, so, so that's what we're doing. And along with that, for those of you who don't know, my wife is a school counselor. So next Friday, mm. she goes back in the fray as well. And, uh, kind of, you know, hope that, which I think played a part in what, in our decision, because like one way or another, a family member was going to be in the fray. So, you know, it was like, so it just made sense to be like, well, why don't we just jump in and hope this works? That might not be the best solution, but nobody really knows what's going to happen. So how else do you make that decision? Yeah, that's tough. I mean, it's a tough decision for anyone. What about you, Sean? Uh, um, It's over here. It's a bit different. The the schools kind of stayed open for key workers. So um, there's been a small selection of of kids still going to school and the schools have done really well following the guidelines from the British government um, and like, completing risk assessments. It's been handled really, really well. So like they, each classroom became a bubble in itself and they didn't ever interact with another classroom because that was a separate bubble, even to the point like they were bringing the meals from the canteen to the kids in the classroom. So they never really integrated with each other. Um, which I think the following in September when the kids go back to school in England, um, the staggering the kids back to school. So the first year, uh, just with my daughter, my eldest, who's 14, she's in high school. Um, their first and last year of high school are going back at the same time, but they have staggered start times. So um, like the youngest, the first, the early years are starting. They've got to be at school for half past eight so that they can be in school into the classroom before other years of the school start to come. And they've got all different staggered start times. Um, and then school them really well into implementing like one-way systems in the school. Um, they've kind of looked at the different years and the, the needs of the different years in the school. So those in the first year generally have all the lessons together as a class. So each each group each farm group, so like say there's six farms, there's they're all different colours. Um so yellow farm only ever go into a classroom with yellow farm. So for English, for science, maths, they didn't they don't have individual subjects for those children yet. So what they're doing is they're making the teachers go to them rather than the kids go to the teachers. So it's reducing the amount of numbers that are walking around the school. Um but then like for my daughter, who's like going into her first of the last two years of school. So she's doing what we have over here is our GCSEs. Um, she has individual subjects to herself. So rather than just doing the basic cars plus a technology plus P and some language, she's doing like photography and, and digital arts and stuff like that. So she's got very niche lessons to go to so she's still allowed to move around the school so like they've done really well that way so it's kind of a comfort that they can go back it's not going to be normal for them which i don't know what kind of impact that's going to have on them because they're going to feel the strain that it's not non-hourly for them 
but at least the school have done quite a lot in regards of risk assessing the threat from COVID-19 to try and keep the kids safe and get back into some form of regularity for them. So, yeah. That's but good. Yeah. You guys you guys sound like you handled it a lot better. Well, better. You're just you're going back to normal quicker than than we are. Um our school district, so this will be the first year that our eldest goes to school. He's 5. He'll be in uh kindergarten. Right? Yeah. Pre-K or kindergarten, so, one of the two. No, he's in pre-K right now. So he'll be in kindergarten. Um and so our options were either go in person or get or buy or like rent a laptop from the school and then you can do your classes online. Those are your two choices. Uh, and so we are, I think we're going to just homeschool at least for like his first year or two. Um, just because like, I, you know, I'm home now, you know, Ruth, She's going to be doing, my wife's going to be doing her internship as a counselor. So she'll be gone and then she has the job at the daycare. So I'll be homeschooling, you know, uh, and then we'll just work it out with, and then we'll just work it out when I have gigs and stuff, you know? So we're lucky to be in a position where we can do that. Um, not everybody can, but you know, uh, that's really just sort of like, that's really just sort of cause school is just shut down here. I mean, like nobody was in school. Um, well for a little while, uh, school was online, but I think, I think close to cl- like way sooner than anybody expected. They shut down even online school and they were just like, okay, y'all are out for the summer. Now it was like May or something in Texas when they did that, which is like really early for us. Um, so yeah, so normalcy is coming back a little bit. Um, it's just such a weird world to be sending my kid to school for the first time in, you know, and I guess if we're homeschooling, it's not that different, but what kind of extracurricular activities are going to be available as we open up more and more and more Mm -hmm. and what's the risk. So that's kind of where we're at there. I will Um, say as a parent, uh, cause my son's also going into kindergarten as well. Um, Oh, okay. So, um, as like a first time, like as a parent that, is sending and we actually moved he did pre-k in a different in a different school and so he got moved for kindergarten and so it's kind of going to be a bummer for us because uh we like we have to drop him off at the door um and i mean i totally get it it's a it's a it's a very logical safety protocol um but it is we have to do that at our daycare yeah yeah it's just kind of a bummer because it's like you know it's just you're you're taking I'm taking Noah for the first time to his first real class because pre-K was kind of like a like a two-hour class and then daycare basically kind of meshed into one. Um, and uh, so you take it into his class for the first time, but you really can't, you know. So there's going to be some stuff that's going to be growing pains for the parents for sure as well. It's a big bummer, but totally understandable. Like I, I don't have any issue with it, them doing it. Um, Uh, Yeah. And it'll just be, I mean, it really is going to be, it's a game of like, you know, they've, they've ran the studies, they've ran the reports and this is kind of what me and my wife were talking about. They've ran all this stuff, but, and they, you know, to the best of all of their ability, they think they know what's going to happen, but it really is a game of like, well, let's just wait and see. And it's a dangerous game. Like, I mean, if you're a parent um, or if you're a teacher, I mean, I feel 
you know, you really are. We're sending these teachers back out there. Probably, maybe, maybe, I'm not a doctor, but maybe more for the teachers than, than the kids, given, given their age demographics. And, uh, you know, you're asking them to go back into the classroom knowing that likely somebody's going to get sick and, and, you know, end up not feeling the best. So yeah, it's definitely, um, it's a rough time, dangerous. And, uh, we just kind of got to hope everything works out for the best. Yeah. We come September, the wife's going back to work at the college because college is opening up. So she'll be expected back at work. I've worked throughout the whole of the pandemic. Um, I work in the electrical generation industry, so like we have well, well, we, we'll have childcare, but for how much we'd need, and we can't rely on grandparents all the time because, like, my mum will have to go back to work. My dad's back at work. Lindsay's parents are at work. Lindsay's sister, who lives local to us, she's going to be back at work, and my brother-in-law, he's worked throughout the whole of this as well because he works in the warehouse industry for um for a supermarket so it's like we we wouldn't have the childcare. so we're i'm really glad that the school have gone as far as they've gone with the risk assessments because they have they've done as much as they can do um so and i mean uh, i can't expect any lesser than the teachers obviously it's everything's a risk but there's another six weeks yet so anything could happen in that six weeks. I mean, we've got friends at the moment that are in Spain that got there Friday and now they've just been told that Spain and those areas of the, of the world are back in full lockdown. So it's like oh they've gone gosh. to Spain and when they get back, they now have to self-isolate for 14 days. So it's yeah. like, and one of them self-employed. So it's... No, bad news. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, it's things can change in a drop of a hat and it's crazy at the moment. So it's like we've got six weeks. If not, it, if it changes again and schools and colleges and stuff are shut, the wife's going to be at home. But uh, all I can say is kudos to anybody out there that listens to this. If you've been one of those people that have had to stay at home and work from home and homeschool, I just, hats off because you haven't had a break. There's been no downtime for anybody that's done that. So, I mean, I, I get to go out or go to work and have adult interaction and my job allows to the point where I can be on my own for long periods of time. So I've got like a bit of quiet and like time to myself to think. I'm surrounded by running, vibrating, loud plant and I've got to wear earplugs, but still I'm on my own and I have my children. Uh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, so with, with all the changes happening and everything coming up and everything that's been happening, what has screen time looked like for your kids and different ages and, and how do you handle it for your different children? Um, uh, that goes for like, you know, computer time, even if they're doing school, that's still screen time. And then if they're playing video games or watching movies or whatever, how do you guys handle that? Um, with different ages and stages? Uh, my eldest is 14. So just to clarify from last week when I wasn't here, last time when I yes, wasn't here. Yes, please I was listening. clarify. So my eldest, Jaya, is 14. 
Um, my middle child, which is Emily, she's eight. And my youngest, Logan, who's two. So I've got three kids, two girls, one boy. Three kids, not two kids, three kids. No, and there's six years between them all. So it's it's good because we kind of know what to expect now from each, through the different ages. But um, So for the eldest, screen time kind of Monday to Friday while we were homeschooling. Um, there's loads of work. We're predominantly an Apple household, which is quite good because everything links. So yeah, um, we can look at JS screen time and on our phones and see like what she's been doing, what she's been like, and uh, the amount of notifications as well. So we can manage that. So she's not getting overcome with like her friends who weren't, focusing on school as much and we're messaging her and trying to call her all the time while she, cause she's been really good and like focused on the schoolwork. Um, we kind of, the only restriction we put on is at 10 o'clock on a night, um, downtime started on a phone, which is a really good Apple, um, by pre-built Apple app within the screen time in your, in your settings. Um, and it, all it is, it automatically just froze her apps. So she couldn't like go on social network. She couldn't use things like, um, she couldn't play games. She couldn't use YouTube. She could basically make phone calls, send text messages, or listen to Spotify because she's forever with headphones in. So mm-hmm. it's like, that's her, that's her comfort is music. So it's kind of like downtime came on and that's kind of when she knew that she had to come off things like the Xbox or the switch um, and kind of like get ready, have a bit of a chill time, maybe read a book before going to sleep sort of thing. So that's how, and other than that, she manages her screen time quite well herself. Um, but for the other two, they kind of had next to no screen time. And that's not for was making them have that. It's just that like the laptop was being used for schooling. So they didn't have that, um, we kind of the the youngest kid. We kind of left him to do his own thing, so he'd play and he's like it's done really well for his imagination because he's like kind of like played on his own while mum was doing homeschooling and her work and I was at work. He's kind of been left to go play with his cars and his figures, and he's kind of like yeah. <clears throat> done really well for him in that aspect. Um, and for the middle child, she's kind of other than like watching a film on an evening with the littlest. She's kind of not had any screen time. Um, it's not been, like I say, it's not been through restrictions that we've put in place. It's just how it's happened. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And my kids are a little too small to really, like we control, every, you know, they don't have a phone or, or a personal device that they're doing anything on. So we control everything. And uh, we're still in the phase where it's like, when we need a break, you get screen time. <laughs> And it's usually an hour or less a day. Um, as Nathan gets older and he starts to, he's five right now, and he starts to like need a computer for homework or be doing homeschool stuff on a computer, like we're going to probably have to watch that a little more closely. Because um, uh, he's like, um, so for some reason, like, our oldest he gets like mesmerized whenever there's a screen on he just like stares at it and goes blank and it's like hello you know like waving your hand in front of his face and our daughter who's three she could like care less she'll like glance over at it and be like 
oh, that's funny. And then go do something else and come back to it and be like, ha ha, you're funny, Daniel Tiger. And then walk away and play with their cars or something. So they're very different. So we kind of have to like gauge what we're going to do based on their personalities. Um, you know, but we're not quite there yet. We're still, ha- we still have a pretty firm grip on exactly what they're watching at any given moment, but it's good to hear from you what the future might look like for us where it's like, Oh, you have a smartphone, but I can lock it down if I need to, you know? Yeah. That's, I mean, when she first got it, that was quite useful because there's like been the odd time, even still so now where like we forgot to put the downtime on and we'll go to bed and then like I'll wake up in the morning and I'll come down and I'll be like, her bedroom light's still on. And it's like, she's falling asleep with her phone and it's like, Oh man. Like I, I pick a phone up and I'm like, she's still texting people and on things like yeah. Instagram and, and things like that at two o'clock in the morning. And I was like, uh, cause she'll then sleep till 12 and not be tired for the evening. Right. So it's kind of like, yeah. so it's kind can of that box. But can you set up an automatic, like, yeah, automatic- we, it's now, it's now scheduled that it goes off at, 10 o'clock and comes back on at eight o'clock in the morning. So like, there's no rush for her to get up and go back on it, which she wouldn't yeah. do anyway. Cause Jay loves to sleep. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> she's a teenager who doesn't like to sleep at that age. Um, yes. But yeah, it's like, if we're concerned, we'll put it on. But cause now we're in the school holidays and there isn't any homeschooling. We've relaxed a lot. So like last night, me and the wife went to bed about, 10 half 10 and as we passed we kind of said to Jay so that we're going to bed now um I think she was just starting to play a little bit of Warzone with her friends um so I said to her look we're going to bed now don't be up too late just remember that because like obviously our younger two siblings are going to run around the house like absolute lunatics from seven o'clock in the morning so it's like just remember you're going to end up being woken up quite early uh, what about you, Is Nick? Yeah. Um, so we had a tight grip on Noah's screen time, and I'm not going to lie, the pandemic really, really did a number on that um, for a lot of reasons. Uh, one, he played. That was his only way to really connect with friends. That, especially during the quarantine time itself. Which, I mean, we were quarantined, we quarantined as a family until about the first week in June. And so you're talking from March to June. So his screen time really skyrocketed during quarantine time. I mean, you're, we, he would play, oh, I don't know, an hour with friends that he had where he would just FaceTime with them and play like Animal Crossing or something. And then he would play an hour at night with, um, like in the evening, not night, but in the evening um, with like his grandmother on Animal Crossing. And so, yeah, his time on screen time, we were, we were concerned about it, but at the same time, we were also concerned that he didn't have really a social avenue except for us. Um, so we, we really tried to, to balance those as best we could, which made it difficult. Um, now that he can see friends again and, and stuff like that, we have, we've kind of tightened back up. We try to do like 30 minutes to an hour of time where he can be on a screen by himself. And this, this does become difficult with me because it's like my wife loves to watch movies and we have this conversation where it's like, well, you know, 
at night, you're okay with letting him watch a movie with you for an hour and a half because it's kind of like family time. And so I'm yeah. always kind of like, well, but so why is, because she's always like, well, he had video game time for this morning. And it's like, well, yeah, but now he's having video game time with me for like an hour in the afternoon, you know, after I get home from work. And it's like, what, what's the difference between a movie with the family where actually there's a less interaction because everybody's just staring at the screen. Whereas if like Noah and I are playing paper Mario together for an hour in the afternoon, there's more interaction between him and me because I'm reading what's going on and we're making decisions together, passing the controller back and forth. And so that, that conversation always bounces back and forth in our family of like, well, I feel like there's a difference between the two and, and I don't think I Becca's not so sure. So, Hmm. so yeah that's where that's where we're at. i'd be interested in your guys take on that i've always thought i'd rather the kids play a video game than stare at a cartoon or a movie because for me it's just you're staring at a cartoon like or a tv program and you, you take your brain out and you put it down because that's it you sat you're stationary you're not really thinking about anything else nine times out of ten like the eldest picks her phone up, she's not really concentrating on it. So, what's the point of it being there? Where with a video game, especially if there's some puzzle aspects to it, it's you, you everything's working, your cognitive function's working because you're thinking about um, how you're moving some of the character in the world, or you've like you're trying to think input output pro, input process output. So you know you've got to press a button combination for something to happen on the screen to get the output that you want from the game. So there's the logical thinker in me always thinks that a video game is better than just staring at a movie. Yeah. I can guarantee you there's probably parents out there that when they listen to that go, what? No, video games are your brains. And it's like, well, they really don't. They make you think. Um, yeah. I can, I can probably say that video gaming has probably made me a, better critical thinker than watching films just on that basis of i've played that many puzzle games over the time and you have to concentrate in so many different ways that yeah you have to think differently and the fact that you can then take yourself and play different genres of video games that require different abilities within yourself of thinking and processing stuff no, reaction time or puzzle solving or yeah, like just definitely. math or yeah, just like abstract thinking, there's, outside the box thinking. Yeah. There's a reason why the Formula One drivers of the world play racing video games to keep their reaction time and their skills sharp mm -hmm. because that is the nearest, goddammit, you can have to racing an actual Formula One car at speed. So mm -hmm. they still need it for the reaction times. They're constantly mapping tracks in their head while playing the game. So th th there's a reason why video games are better than just watching a film. You can watch videos of somebody around a racetrack and never actually take it in because you don't get the feeling for when the corner's coming, when you need to brake, accelerate through the corner, all that. You don't get that from just watching somebody do it. You can only get it from physically doing it somehow. So, yeah. Mm. I'd go video game over TV time. Anytime. That's not just because I'm a gaming dad. That's because... Yeah, like you said, no, yeah, there's I more mean, interaction. Yeah, that's what I've always thought. And, you know, I mean, the first time I ever did a budget was SimCity. I mean, 
I mean, like, <laughs> legit. Like, like, like when people when when I, we had government class, I was like, oh yeah, I get this. I was like, I get. Don't worry. I was like, I get the taxes. I get all this. I was like, I do this on SimCity all the time. I was like, we're good. <laughs> so yeah, no, but I I do under, I do understand what you're saying, and that's uh, what do you think, Dan? Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, on one hand, on one hand, I see what you're saying, Sean, about like a video game is more interactive and requires more of you cognitively. On the other hand, for me, that makes it a lot more addictive and it makes it a lot harder to stop uh, because it's always like, oh, let me do one more thing or one more thing or one more thing or one more thing. Um, Not that not that TV or cartoons are any better or worse at that than that. But uh, if I'm going to take a contrarian side to what you're saying, because I do agree with you in a way, but if I'm going to take a contrarian stance, it's going to be that um, I feel like it's easier to control the content when it's not a video game, kind of. Like I know the content of Daniel Tiger, you know, and so I'm going to let them watch Daniel Tiger. Uh, and if I let my son play Minecraft and I don't know to like turn online off or do all these other technical things to like make sure it's safe, you know, he could end up doing something, you know, that's not, or spend a bunch of money, you know, like it just, I think, I think, I think that gaming can be that as long as you're involved with it. Um, but sometimes I need them to just do something and I need to walk away, <laughs> you know? And, and also my children are much younger than yours. So uh, you have an eight year old and a 14 year old. So, so where we're at, it's like, it's like that we're not quite ready to like, let them do that on their own. Um, and so, you know, everybody's on their own journey. You know what I mean? But yeah. that would be I mean, the only, that'd be the only point I have against what you're saying. Cause I generally agree with you. I mean, going through the ages, because like, like you say, we, we have having one at each space in the spectrum of age-wise. Right. Um, when when I first met my wife, Jaya was the age that my daughter is now at eight. So, and that was kind of like the way I bonded with Jaya was she was playing Minecraft on her iPad and mm. Terraria on her iPad. And it's kind of like, so I went and I was like, oh, okay, I'll go and play Minecraft. I'd never played Minecraft. So it's like, right, okay, I'll go and play Minecraft, get to know what it is. And then like, I can play it with her. So we can do um, local play over the two, the, the two iPads, set that up. And it was, she really enjoyed that social aspect of playing the game. Because until then, she played it on her own unless she played it with her cousins who then only played it local play. So she enjoyed that aspect. And that's kind of like how I got in with Jaya and how we built a bit of a bond and a relationship together, which being a step parent to a kid at eight years old is, it was a learning curve because my daughter was two at the time. So it was like, yeah. I've gone from having a two year old to having to try and make friends with an eight year old. And so, um, but like Jaya had done that, Jaya had spent 40 quid on Sims, buying Sims dollars. And it was like, so we, we've gone through the lesson of like, we sat down and said, look, that is actually equated to real life money. Um, yeah. You shouldn't have done that. It's not your fault. It's, it's a quick fix in a game. It's a pay to play. So it's like we then knew that we had to disable that, which we didn't actually end up disabling it for very long because she kind of got the idea of it. Yeah. But um, 
I do. Yeah, it's, and like with the online aspect of it, she plays online now, Jay, more than I do. But that's just because her friends are also playing online. It's the only social re- re- interaction she can have with them because of everything that's gone off in the world. Um, but like that's always been limited. So we've always kept an eye on, we've always, always overheard what she's saying because we haven't let her have it like just headphones and chat. So we've always kept a close eye on who she's talking to, who's in a friends list on it and only ever let her play like games that she can play with friends rather than like Warzone where you could speak to 150 different people at once. But now she's 14 and she's kind of like, we've never been the, oh, you can't listen to music that swears because swearing's really bad. We've kind of like always been like, look, this music or this artist does you swearing. It's not big, it's not clever, but they use it to portray a message. Um, you're, we're absolutely fine with you listening to that. You don't need to use that kind of language. If we catch you using that kind of language, it's inappropriate and derogatory yeah. to people. You shouldn't use it. But we're not going to shelter you from that because it's pointless. It's out there. You're going to hear it from other people at school because kids are sure evil like that. Yeah. So it's kind of like a fine balance between shielding them from everything that can... You, you can see as negative, but also allowing a little bit of that fruit because it's real life. Yeah. yeah, totally. Totally. I was going to say, I do agree with what you, you kind of brought up Dan about um, together and separate. So maybe it's not as much about uh, the type of screen time between video game and cartoons or movies and mm-hmm. more about what you do, what you're doing. Like, are you, do you just need them to go away? Which we all need them to go away for a period of time. And right, that's, right. And that's fine. <laughs> but also like, at, like you can watch Mickey Mouse Club and have, a, and have a great time. I can have a great time with Noah watching Mickey Mouse Club and totally interact with him. It's kind of what that, that's made out of. Like if we're both mm-hmm. sitting there and I'm watching it, I can do the end dance with him, which by the way, those come up way too often. Like they're supposed to be 30 minute episodes, but I feel like I'm dancing all the time in those things. <laughs> at the end and so you know i can do the little dance at the end with them to like get them up and moving or like you know when they do the when they kind of stop and mickey mouse is like which one is which and you can interact with him like are you doing that like are you you know is that what you're spending part of that time doing or is it just like them watching the cartoon neither one of those are necessarily bad as long you know as in everything in life but they're done in moderation but that may be more the key and less like is it video games or is it cartoons and more how are you interacting with your with your kiddos when you are in the room with them and they're watching that that movie or that cartoon or playing that video game because video game you can watch you can sit just like with a movie you can sit with them on the couch and watch a movie and have absolutely no interaction or or say absolutely nothing the same way you can with a video game i mean i could just hand no other controller to paper mario and say have at it and never interact with them and it would be the same so yeah and i guess it kind of depends on your kid right like nathan's not going to interact with me while he's while he's staring blankly at a tv screen but olivia will you know she she wants to do two things at once so Mm -hmm. so i guess it just kind of depends on your kid and their age and your parenting style yep all i can say is if you've got um ring fit adventure if it'll like if you can get the leg strap to fit your uh, your eldest, do it. It's so funny. Oh my gosh! Dude. <laughs> I gave it to my I gave it to my eight year old, and she's like she barely 
like squeezed the ring in and it was like she she played it for like 15 minutes and she was sweating but so, so <laughs> she, she thought it was funny when when i had the, the very brief stint that i had um ring fit um i let the kids watch me play just because i was like i gotta work out y'all are here with me let's just do it and you know nathan the typical nathan sat in the chair watched watched the screen while i played but uh, my my two-year-old at the time olivia she wanted to do the the thing so i was like oh but like okay how do we do this so i gave her a frisbee and so she was doing the like squeeze you know and like (laughs) arrow bow and arrow thing and like doing all the and like all the on the ground yoga stuff she's doing with me it was super cute i think my wife got a picture of it if she does i'll put it on my twitter but when when i put when i play it now um i say to logan I say like, look, daddy's going to fight the dragon. So you're going to help me fight the dragon. And he's sort of like, he stands there. He's like, like cheering me on. He's like, Go daddy and get the dragon, bash him. And it's like, okay, cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and like, he runs on the spot when I'm running on the spot and things yeah. like that. But the eldest okay. just wanted to, to try it. She'd seen it on TV. She'd seen me do it and she wanted to try it. So like, um, I think the wife took the youngest out to the shops with her. Um, so I was like, look, we've got some spare time. Here you go. Have a go at it. So I sat in the chair and just sort of like watched her. And I was just giggling. I was in fits of laughter because <laughs> you could physically see that. I mean, she's only a petite little bull. And she's just like <laughs> squeezing away. And I was just like, yeah. <laughs> well, the eldest won't you, do it because you, she doesn't um, like the people to see her do the exercise. No. It really helps being a Nintendo gamer. Because like Mario Kart, like I'm literally handing you a steering wheel and you just do this and you just steer like, you you know, you're two and you can get that down, you know, (laughs) exactly. You do it anyway when I hand you the controller. So just do it, you know, like, and, uh, and the whole second controller thing with Mario, Mario galaxy pointing at the screen, you know, like a kid could do that. So I just really appreciate when Nintendo goes the extra mile to incorporate ways that kids can play with you because that's kind of their whole thing. And I just super appreciate it as a dad. So speaking of video games, unless anybody else has anything else they want to say about anything else. Oh, that was good. I, I think it's good sometimes to listen to other dad's perspectives on subjects. Cause obviously like a couple, a few of my friends that are dads, uh, not horrific dads, but they kind of. <laughs> <laughs> the, what you're the, saying uh, is you have crap friends, is what you're saying. No, no, they have great friends, and they are really just horrible like, dads. So. That's all he's saying. <laughs> no, the the great right, right, like, right. yes, no, the great fathers, but we don't have often have these kind of chats, so you kind mm-hmm. of don't see where they are as dads. So they're the fantastic fathers and great friends, and I wouldn't knock them for that, but we don't have the dad chats. Right? We, the nine times out of ten when we do see each other, it's like, oh, my God, children, children, rah, children, and then beer. So. Mm-hmm. That's a problem for me, at least with quarantine in general. Sorry, I don't mean – I know this, this, this tangent. I won't go too far. But just like my time with, with other dads and guy friends was like – at Buffalo Wild Wings or Wings, etc., on like a Thursday night, you know? And so like just hanging out with guy friends just doesn't happen anymore because it's just not there. Like if we hang out, it's as a couple and there's, it's just like, there's just no, there's just, uh, yeah, there's just none of that right now. So yeah, that's difficult. You, yeah. you guys are my hang time with guys. <laughs> that's what we got. 
Yeah, you should hear the post show. You're not going to, <laughs> but you should, because it's hilarious. We should probably just record it and release it as a bonus Dad's After Dark episode or something. For sure. everyone so it appears that nintendo listens to dad crossing or at least knows when we record because this the day the morning after we recorded our episode they decided to drop all the information about their summer update our august summer update so nick and sean are out so you have me to listen to to chat about all this stuff um, and we're going to just kind of go through the trailer and see what they l- dropped and then go through a little bit of what they said afterwards in like their press release junk. So let's go ahead and get started. So the free update is going to come out on July 30th. You can just hit the app and download it there. Looks like we're getting some fireworks. Um, and it appears the first fireworks show will, let's see, the fireworks show will be a regular occurrence. Meanwhile, taking place every Sunday evening um, in August, beginning on 7 p.m. And there's also some fun glow-in-the-dark headpieces you can wear and some sparklers and stuff. Um, Oh, and there's a villager holding a balloon, which I didn't notice the first time I watched this, but now you can get balloons to hold. So that's neato. Um, So I guess the first fireworks show will be on August 2nd since that's the first Sunday after the update comes out, 7 p.m. So stick around for that. Maybe we'll do a community watch show or something. Um, you can launch your own custom fireworks designs also, which is very, very cool. So uh, the other big update to this uh, update coming is Dream Suite, apparently Dream Suite. Um, they haven't said whether it's actual like new leaf dream suite or if it's something sort of new or like it, but Luna is there in your little bed with the clouds and, and everything, although it's very, very mystical and weird, but, um, she's there. So you would, you would think, and it's, it does require online. Um, so, and then you wake up. And you are on somebody else's island, presumably. Explore islands all over the world. So there's no, um, there's or show off your own town. So there's no showing of how you're going to be able to find these islands. If you could just like drop a friend code and you can go visit their island or whatever. Um, Okay, so the next thing that they dropped is that island backup and restoration services will be available on the day of this update, which is July 30th. And that is something that we have all been waiting for. Wow. Wowzers, it's here. When did this game launch? March, March, April, May, June, July. Okay, so four months in. That's not too bad, considering that when they first started talking about Animal Crossing, they were like, well, it doesn't support online backup. Sorry. And then everybody was like, where? And now they decided to do something about it. So four months in, they have a solution. It's not like the most user-friendly or like accessible system. You basically turn it on um, 
And I'm going to read what Nintendo says about how this works. So Nintendo Switch Online members can enable the new Island backup service, which automatically uploads Islands and user save data to the internet at certain times. So if you're never connected to the internet, that's going to be a problem for your backup. If your Nintendo Switch system is lost or damaged, you may be able to recover your Island Paradise as long as you've enabled Island Backup. Okay. In the event of loss or damage, contact in the event of loss or damage, contact Nintendo customer support about restoring the island and user save data on your new or repaired Nintendo Switch system. After your island data and individual player data is restored, you can get back to building your island community. So this specifically says, um, if your Nintendo Switch is lost or damaged, you may be able to recover your island. So this doesn't necessarily mean that it will allow you to recover your island to a new switch if like you just buy a switch pro and you give your old switch away it doesn't necessarily mean that they'll be able to do that i wonder if there's a sort of a check that they do to see if um if the old switch is still active like being used and if there's a certain amount of time that has to pass before they'll allow you to use the backup um or maybe they have the ability to wipe it or, or something remotely. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but uh, this does not sound like it's a voluntary thing. It sounds like it's only in the event of a loss or damage system. So maybe that will change, but I don't know. Um, let's keep watching the video. So they also announced a free update coming in the fall. They didn't say anything about it, but there's a cute little pumpkin head. Um, and that is the whole video. There's not a ton there, but some very welcome news announcements, um, some cool events, some great new features. I am excited. Um, I haven't, you know, as you've been listening, you know that I really have not been playing Animal Crossing as much. Um, but I have a plan. I have a plan to fix that. My plan is to find a cool video game map you know, like Super Mario World map or a Pokemon map and kind of transform my whole island, level everything, and start from scratch, making it this cool new Nintendo map. I don't know what it is yet. Don't know when I'll do it or have time to do everything because that's going to be very time-consuming. But that'll at least get me back into the game. I need something major to do, and that kind of seems to fit the bill. So that's that. And I'm sure Nick and Sean would have loved to come on with me and talk about this stuff, but... You know, they just, they, they couldn't make it tonight. Um, so this is a nice little short, uh, short little outro. And I'm going to go ahead and um, segue back into the regular episode so we can do our normal goodbyes and everything. But um, thanks for listening to the show, guys. And I will see y'all in a few seconds from the past. <laughs> Dan, tell me all about it. Oh, it was so good that that there was guns everywhere and I was shooting things. And <laughs> did you say Borderlands? What did you say? Flick took a bullet in the head, I think. And uh, oh, what just happened? We totally got on. I just dropped. I'm sorry. I just dropped a tack on the ground that I was playing with, and I have this shag carpet in here. 
And that's going to be bad later because I'm barefoot. PSA for Dan, uh, don't play with tacks. Uh, they're, you know, this is what I would tell my kids. Back to the dad part of this whole thing. Yeah. No, so uh, well, I, a, fidget, I fidget. So you know, I found something to fidget. Right, whatever, I'll right, find. Well, that I'm going to buy you a fidget spinner. If you, that way, if you, if you step on it. it yeah. Works. If you hear me, if you hear me go ow later, you'll know what happened. So, just <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Anyways, yeah, there was a bug off on Saturday, and it was the same as the last bug off. Unfortunately, flick came, same mechanics, and those are fine. Same mechanics are good. The same items, man, that really gets me. Uh, that, that just really makes it less fun. Like, they need to have different items every time they have these tourneys. The same thing with the fishing tourney. Um, I was really bummed when the fishing tourney came around. It was the same items. Same items here. It's fun. It's a fun little breakup for when it happens. But, um, but yeah, I also tried the spoiled turnip trick where, uh, you know, you make ants, like, just pop up so you can catch them as one of your bugs. Um I played with a group of friends and then I realized that doesn't even work when you play with a group of friends because ants don't propagate when, or they don't pop up when, uh, when you're pl- when other people are on your Island. So that was a dud. And then I did try it once alone and I don't know, I got a couple ants, but I didn't feel like it was really worth my time. Uh, this one was just more difficult to all, all in all because beetles are much more sensitive on trees. Like they just, they run away or they fly away a lot quicker than other and other insects and obviously in july like that's that's the main gig so if you're you're running to try to get to stuff quickly but then all of a sudden you would run too fast or even if you like even approach the tree like the the bug would fly off i don't know i just didn't have as much fun with this one as i had in, in ones in the past but you know all in all that was that yeah, was the bug was the, the feedback i saw in the in the discord because like i'm like that i've not really played it much thanks to Paper Mario, um, was that that people seemed a bit bummed that the, like you say, the items were the same. Um, and that, yeah, it just, it was disappointing to see that people were getting a little bit meh and upset with the fact that the items were the same. There wasn't anything new to try and pull people. It's probably why I did, I've not picked it up because I saw the feedback from that and thought, uh, okay, I'm not going to bother. <laughs> Yeah, no. I've I've stashed 414 points uh, on bug off, and uh, I I I took four rounds of getting an item, and I got another termite mound, and I got another bug net bug cage, and I was like, I don't really care. I don't really care to sit here and cash in 40 times because that's what I would be doing. Um, so I just like gave up. So I just kept my points, and I think they just continually get reused in the next the next one, which is every fourth set every fourth Saturday through September. So I'll be there because as uh, John asked uh, Zablanc um, in our last podcast, um, I, I will be there only so that I can continue to cash in and get my achievements. So once I do four, I get the uh, bug off achievement. So I'm still, I still will uh, hop on just to get, just to get that and uh, be able to get that stamp. So there you go. Well, okay then. <laughs> It's good to hear that Animal Crossing is still getting some love somewhere, somewhere out there. Oh, it has a community. There will always be yeah. giving. There's always are, somebody giving it love. You guys are active in there, and I, I feel really bad about not ever going in there now. I think it's more of a shame thing for me now. Like, man, <laughs> just I just dumped you guys. <laughs> 
I, I I saw the notification, so like I'm I am there. I'm watching. I just it's kind of my thoughts and opinions are only going to be that other masses because I haven't played it. So yeah, there's Sorry. a chance. There's, there's a chance I'll jump back in as if Nintendo doesn't release anything in the next like month or so. Which so far, you're on track. If Likely. They dropped- if they ever dropped a Metroid, um, I am so sorry, our Animal Crossing friends, but I would just, I'd be nowhere to be seen if they dropped a Metroid too. I don't think 4 is coming out till 2022. Oh, no. Even if they just did a collection, gone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> sorry. Go, so, Pascal. <laughs> let me tell you about Pascal. Um, if you're going to talk about the issues with not being able to find many pearls to make the designs, it's another reason why I've stopped playing because it was a pain in the butt to just constantly be swimming around for those shadows, like catching the the sea creatures. And I'm like, no, don't need that. Don't need that. Don't need that. Don't need that. I just want pearls. I want to start making the items so I can help other people. And I think I've, in the whole time that we've had the summer update, I found two pills. That's it. Legit. So. I have found none. No wow. joke. All my pearls have come from, and I have gotten, I missed Pascal one day that I didn't actually go and swim since he's been released. I have not found a pearl except for when Pascal gives them to me. That's the only way I've got like, my mom and other people who play, I tell them this, and they're like, no, no, you found like one or two. No, I've never. I have never picked a pearl out of the sea. When I get them, I feel like that should be like one of those things you say three times fast. Um, I, when I get them, they are from Pascal. And that's how I've gotten all of my pearls. I've never, never, ever have I found one from the sea. I don't understand how that's possible, but that's, that's it. Um, I mean, I will say that the items um are pretty fun like i do like what you're getting the mermaid stuff's cool i'm making a little mermaid room um because my wife absolutely loves um mermaids hence our daughter's name ariel um and so i'm i'm making her like her own little mermaid room she's setting it up she doesn't play animal crossing but she's like totally setting up this room that that i'm making uh slow but sure as i find the thing so the items are cool um but uh yeah getting the pearls and and that's uh that takes a lot of work. So, but it, I mean, I, I do enjoy the, I do enjoy, enjoy the swimming. Um, but sometimes it does drag on when you're like, when you're 20 items in, when you're 20 dives deep for these shadows and you still haven't found the scallop to get Pascal at that point, like I no longer enjoy it. I'm like, if I hit 10 and I find the item, I'm like, Oh, that was fun. You know, good little like swim, had some fun, found some stuff. All great. But once I pass like 10 dives and I haven't found the scallop yet, I'm like, all right, come on. Let's just get, let's find the scallop so I can get this done. So, yeah. Oh, scallops. I hardly knew you. Super tasty. <laughs> that's what I thought that's, you were going to say. Hey, I thought you were going to say. They're super tasty. That's true too. That's true too. Awesome. Okay. What else do you have to say, Nick? Anything else? Well, I'll tell you this. Gullivar didn't get you back in. I don't think anything will, Dan. I'm just going to say that right now. I mean, Gullivar is uh, uh, yeah, giving you your pirate items, and you're—he's probably been to your, probably been to your your island at least twice, and he's just laying there on the beach, Dan. He's <sighs> pro- I'm, and nobody's saving him. Nobody at your island. You're apparently you are. 
Well, I'm saving you on my island, but your <laughs> your Gullivar is just still sitting there, probably. See, I've only I've had Gulliver, but I haven't had Gullivar. So Gullivar. Gullivar gives pretty cool items. I will say that, and it's fun to go dive for his phone instead of having to dig up the five communicator parts. So that's fun. And uh, so I've got a I've got a treasure chest and a pirate outfit. Um, of which Dan knows both about because I take pictures of them. Oh, just yeah. to her. I see them on Twitter. Yeah, just to harass him with. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no. Um, but beyond that, real quick, uh, August DLC should be coming out soon. Uh, you know, hopefully in the next um, uh, week or two. Due, due to how our podcast tends to run, I reckon that it'll be today, <laughs> UK, tomorrow for you guys. Yep. They will go, here you go. <laughs> Look at this awesome, really in-depth and then we'll have to, uh, yeah, and then we'll have to, you know, do a special bonus episode just for that. Or I'll do it by myself. It's all good. Yeah, um, I mean, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> you and Sean just have a great time. I mean, I'm not, I'm not back at work now until the 3rd of August, so if anything like that does happen, I am more than available to uh, jump in and do some extras. All right. Well, should we hit this bulletin build- board then? Let's do it. Nick. All right. So the Villagers bulletin board. First, we want to thank all of the Patreon members of the Nintendo Dads for hanging out with us on Discord. Um, y'all are awesome. Y'all are fun. Y'all are great. And whether you're in the Animal Crossing channel or uh, elsewhere, like I am, um, thanks for hanging out. And if you're listening and you want to chat with us on Discord, all you have to do is go over to patreon.com slash Dads, And for a dollar a month, you can have access to almost all of the Discord channels. Most of them. A lot of them. Um, not all of them. If you want all of them, you got to pay $5 a month. But that's what I do. So if you want to be cool like me, you're going to give them $5 a month. Or you can not. Either way, uh, these are questions from some of our Discord members who like to hang out with us. Actually, is this first one from Twitter? No, 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 none of these are from Twitter. It's all Discord? Okay, great. Togo Bap uh, says, hello, my family is addicted to this game. Is yours? That's his question. That's his question. And my my answer is no. No, we have broken our addiction. And really, it was just me from the start. So yeah, I was gonna say. who am I kidding? Go ahead, Nick. <laughs> what about you, Sean? Your um, uh, kid, your family was addicted a little bit. My, my eldest saw me playing it, and she, as much as she used to play Minecraft and other Sims like that, she didn't seem interested, so she never picked it up. Hmm. My, my daughter, Emily, she has it at her mum's. And it's all she goes on about. <laughs> so she's like, oh, well, I was at my mum's. Um, I caught this bug and this bug, and I gave them to Blathers. And so she's still pretty much like into it, but I don't think she's played it quite as heavy as with the school, like lockdown school and stuff. She's not played it as heavily as I have. So she's still got loads to do. So she's still pretty much enjoying it. Um, Lindsay, my wife, not so much. Um, she, I can probably say it's been about two or three weeks since she's picked her switch light up at all for anything so that was a, a nice spend there because it's not being used um <laughs> yeah i know um my wallet hurts yeah as for me you could sell mm. it and probably make money off of it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, I could do, but then there's like this part of me that, like, I think my eldest might pick up 
and use it because she uses my switch to play um, Undertale and stuff like that. So I'm kind of looking at getting her something set up on the switch light. So if she wants to play it, she doesn't pinch the switch because she kind of does it at times where I've like got a little bit of time to play a game. So I kind of like, I walk upstairs to get the switch and she's like plugged it all in and like she takes her dock and everything and plugs it in her room and I walk up and I'll see her playing it. I'm like, okay, I'll go find something else to do. (laughs) But no, I think, um, I think when the new update drops, well, I'll I'll be jumping back into it because that tends to be when I get back into it when there's loads of new stuff to do. Um, So it'll be the same for the wife as well. She'll probably, like, there'll be a load of new bugs and fish to catch and sea creatures. So she'll probably come back in when there's a bit more to do. Yeah, I'm still uh, I'm still doing the the dailies kind of stuff, um, and then I hit the special events, so I'm still fully into it. Um, I put probably an hour a day into it or something like that. I would say uh, my son is not into it as much as he was, but he still plays it. I mean, his dad plays it, and so he's you know he's six, so he's like, yeah, I'll play, I'll play it with you for sure. Um, so my mom still seems to be super into it um we still like we we all got together for the for the bug off and did that together um because the bug off is really is really only fun if you're playing with a group that's my right. personal opinion um and so otherwise it does just feel like work um and so yeah so um that's that's where we're at with it uh i i don't know how much longer noah is going to stick with it i will be interested which is funny you talk about the switch light i bought my switch light to be my to be my switch where i was going to play games on and then my og switch was like the family switch but then when i and i always assumed that i would be getting i would be trading in my switch light for like an animal crossing switch light but then that obviously nintendo threw a wrench in that when they when they came out with the animal crossing switch as the as the new, as the dockable switch, not the switch light. So my switch, so my switch became the dockable one and Noah's is now the switch light. So I carry the, I carry the dockable switch all around and to like work and everything so that I can play animal crossing. Um, Cause that's just how it had to happen. Um, so that's just kind of funny, but yeah, no, our family is still in, still, still into it. Cool. Cool. Thanks Togo Bap for that question. Uh, correct me in Discord if uh, I'm saying that wrong, because I'm sure I am. Also, we have a question from Mentor PJP. He's pretty active. I like you. I like him. Mm-hmm. Um, his question is, what is your favorite KK song? Uh, Nick, go ahead. Favorite KK song? Shoot. I like the the like the high the high energy ones uh, with the good beats. Uh, so like Bubblegum and Parade. I was going to say my favorite now is disc KK disco. Yeah. That one's great. Uh, yeah. It is a good one. I like that one too. Yeah. What about you, Mr. Abbott? Um, I'm the same. I like the, the high energy. Well, depending on where I am on the Island, I've got songs all around the Island. So like, Oh, that's cool. The, um, I've got like a nice little beach setup area and what's playing there is the title theme. Mm-hmm. So is it the one that you get from KK when he first comes? Um, so I've got that one there. And then like in the house, it tends to be like as close to chill hop as I can I could find, which I can't remember nice. the name of it, but I think the cover's like the guy with his feet up 
um, and the shades on looks a bit like um, a bit of a hip hoppy, but it's quite chill hop. Um, and then I've got KK Metal in the gym area because obviously nice. you need loud music, couldn't you? Lifting heavy weights. <laughs> um, like so yeah, if, it varies as I'm going on, but I'd say yeah, the bubblegum's probably my favourite one. It's one actually that I've got on Spotify, my Spotify playlist when it comes. Oh on. really? That's cool. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty good. Nice, nice. Anything else there, Mr. Dan? No, that that appears to be... um, Sorry, I broke for a second. Sorry, that appears to be... Or maybe I stepped on attack. There you go. I found it! No, sorry, that was a piece of dust. That's not... Hey, right. well, uh, Dad Crossing is a part of Nintendo Dads <laughs> and a family of podcasts, and you can find new Nintendo Dads content wherever you can find podcasts, quite frankly. And if you have any questions or comments, you can reach out to us on Twitter, YouTube, or Instagram. Everything is at Crossing. We want to give a big thanks to Nintendo Dads for making all this craziness happen. From Sean Abbott... Dan Caparello and myself, Nick Metzger. We hope your village is sunny and your villagers are still there. Have a good one, guys. <laughs> I feel like that was <laughs> directed towards me for some reason. <laughs>